something that I compare it to are like the roots of a tree, right? Mm -hmm. So there was this like whole big experiment they're trying to do like a biodome and like make this perfect environment and everything was like organic and there are people living there and it was just amazing and they planted these trees and the trees kept toppling over and they didn't know why the trees kept toppling over and they realized it's because there was no wind Uh. the trees weren't able to grow their roots because there was no wind pushing up against them the only way that the trees grow their roots is when the wind pushes up against them and they have to dig down deep into the soil and make roots that is dope so when, when, when adversity hits you in life, you have to take it as, you have to embrace it as life allowing you to grow your roots so that when the wind does blow, you don't topple over. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to Black Belt Beauty Radio. I can't wait to drop this super elevating conversation on you guys right now. My guest is Michelle Watterson. Michelle is a UFC fighter, currently ranked number seven in the strawweight division. She's a former Invicta atomweight champion. She's a very loving and present wife and mother. And she's just, you know, she's a true martial artist. She's been in martial arts for the majority of her life. She's one of my my favorite fighters to watch. I mean, part of that is because she's so well-rounded as a fighter. You know, whether she's standing or on the ground, she's dangerous. It's it's always exciting to watch Michelle fight, always. And at the same time, I think I also have... I love watching Michelle fight because it's so obvious that when she steps into the octagon, all of her heart is stepping in there with her. She's going to throw it down. I mean, that's one part of what makes it also so exciting to watch her fight. And her story is so empowering. It's so inspiring. You know, she's someone who who decided to listen to her inner voice and completely deviate from the path that she was on. And, you know, with that came so much challenge. You know, there's so much more uncertainty when you're on this kind of unpaved path. But she kept she kept going. And, you know, it's landed her to be where she is now, which is essentially living her dream. So she was just um, on the, the, the greatest, most watched UFC fight in the history of the UFC, which was... 229 in Las Vegas and she won and she won so beautifully and at the end when she's talking to Joe Rogan she tells him I want to be the first mommy champion in the UFC which is so powerful and so just moving and the thing is is that Michelle has everything it takes to actualize that vision I mean I have no doubt she's got the intangibles and the tangibles to to work that out so she's in her prime and you know there's a lot more that we can expect um from this incredible athlete and woman so i can go on and on you guys i had so much fun having this conversation with her her and i met a couple years ago actually and i was doing her makeup for a photo shoot and her nickname is karate hottie for great reasons i swear she has some of the best kicks i have ever seen in the sport of fighting um and she's just fun man she's fun she's real and just yeah i left this conversation we were in vegas i left the conversation feeling very elevated feeling very 
I, like, I was buzzing. So that's my hope for you guys right now. When I hit play and you guys listen to this incredible story and mental framework and the heart of Michelle Watterson. Enjoy. All right, we're live. Michelle. Hey, hey. <laughs> we just seriously podcasted for an hour before this podcast started right now. Which is so funny. Thank you. I, I thank you. I'm so excited. You know, the, the universe has brought us together multiple times. So. I know. Seriously. So I don't even remember we met I feel like it was two years ago or somewhere maybe longer than I, that. I think I feel longer. you know what? That was the time that Josh had a near death experience. Oh for <laughs> real? He choked on a croissant. <laughs> <laughs> He, and I was, I'm sorry, he, I'm laughing. I'm happy you're here. <laughs> well, it's, Wait, a, what? it's a funny story now because he's alive. Yeah. But we, I, you know, we were doing the photo shoot. And he always jokes about it because he says I'm like posing and doing like the duck face, and he's over there <laughs> dying. And and I and I, he like he says he calls me over, but I don't remember him. And he's just so nonchalant, anyways, <laughs> right? So he said he did like one of those gestures to call me over, and and I'm not even paying attention to him and like doing yeah. the cat poses or whatever <laughs> and then he walks behind the truck and starts like giving himself the heimlich remove <laughs> oh wait i was there yes do you remember? i don't remember this yeah you're trying to be all cool but like you're choking yes he was like he couldn't breathe like he was choking i said babe why would you go behind the truck like you know how dogs like go someplace else to die like that's what i feel like you did like like why would you go if i was choking i would be like kicking and screaming and like rolling on the ground dear that's not what a what a memory (laughs) well that's when we met so Oh, I bet. I actually have a, a, a one of my best friends almost choked literally on a blueberry before. Yeah. And it's like, you know, once you go through something traumatic like that, you, you can't, it's in you and you yeah. have to do work to, to, to escape the death of a croissant or a blueberry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or if he this. does eat a croissant, he's like chewing it for like... <laughs> like a thousand times that's a really interesting thing to choke on too like blueberry kind of makes sense small or what but a quiz like were you just like fucking inhaling it <laughs> 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 yeah i don't know right i swallow and i'm like all right i can't breathe but in my mind I'm like josh relax breathe through your nose right I'm trying to breathe through my nose nope everything's clogged up so i'm like oh shit josh this is going down hey michelle come here real quick right and then i just left like i just started you know banging on my that is gnarly Wait, okay, so your husband just basically expressed that he's he's facing a possible death experience. Yes. Like, you choke, you die, uh-huh. right? But he still had the mental capacity, space, to be like, wait, hold on, yeah. keep calm. Yeah. <laughs> no, he is very level-headed when it comes to everything. You yeah. know, he's in, in my fight career, in his family, he, he's the rock. In my family, he's the rock. You know, he is very level-headed. But um, I, I guess that's why we compliment each other because I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm the crazy one. Well, has he influenced <laughs> you in that way? Like you feel like he, that's rubbed off on you at all? I'm sure. I, I do feel like there are, I have um, become more grounded because of him. I've yeah. become more, more um, self-aware of my, my, my surroundings and um more confident in just who I am rather than just looking outward for like approval and stuff like that. And I do think a big part of that is because of him. So 
That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, I was going to say this before we started, but wanted to wait. So you, so we're in Vegas right now. Mm-hmm. What's up, Vegas? Um, <laughs> like they can hear me. Uh, <laughs> I love Vegas. We're here for my best friend, Carrie Walsh Jennings, um, you know, event, her and her husband, Casey Jennings, P1440. Yes. And you just did an epic podcast with Lisa Billy that was so good. Um you know, one thing that I feel that you have in common with Carrie is she's a three-time Olympian gold medalist, bronze medalist. She's like the Michael Jordan of her sport. She's she's incredible. That's her career. Mm-hmm. What she values and what she expresses of equal importance is that she's a wife and she's a mommy. And I feel like you guys have that in common and I love that so much because it's so relevant it's so important right it's like life is not just career and i i feel from witnessing you from listening to you that you you know your family is a huge part of obviously your life but like i feel like your mission and and the things that you're you're working towards even in your career you make them a part of it yeah i think that if you try to separate the two things it would just be it would be it would be too hard like yeah. to, to separate those things and um i think that you could drive yourself crazy trying to like live two different lives you know what right. I mean? so yeah. to, to to put them together it makes more sense you know yeah yeah okay so really quick i want to talk about this ufc 229 so you get put on basically the biggest card of the ufc yeah it was it was an amazing it was amazing week amazing i mean and congratulations thank you because you won and that was i mean your performance was fucking beautiful thank you so i heard you're very welcome so i what was i listening to today Mm -hmm. i've been listening to so much (laughs) um one of the things that you and lisa talked about that was so rad was talking about words your sports psychologist yeah and and you were saying how vicious was a word Uh for you that was really important and i want to talk about that but i also before i even go there i want to say to you that as a observer Mm -hmm. watching you fight i saw that in your eyes i I like legit i was like oh shit (laughs) like she's you were in it yeah yeah and I so it really I it worked is yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I think that's awesome to hear from somebody on the outside looking in because um I I, I it takes a lot of energy for me to become that person because I'm not. I'm not like like a killer, you know what I mean? I I, I love people and yeah. you know, I'm a lover, but I'm also a fighter. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and the truth is 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 I'm in a sport, I'm in a career where we sign a contract in agreement to punch each other in the face. So I can't feel bad for inflicting damage on my opponent. That's what I signed the dotted line for. Mm-hmm. And I just have to, like what I've been what, been telling myself is that's my job and you need to be good at your job, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, and, and and it's been working and, and thank you. I appreciate that you said that the, those words are working. Um, The mental, the whole mental aspect of it is, I think, um really overlooked yeah mm-hmm. oh i think you know i'm not obviously a pro fighter um or a pro athlete but i'm an athlete by way of life mm-hmm. and i'm most definitely a fighter in my life mm-hmm. i've been you know fighting my entire life in the sense of you know not taking the paved path not being in the matrix not settling and not being afraid to just continuously reach 
for the things that I want to reach and, 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 and this idea of like turning my best into better. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that process, you have to fight. There's so much challenge that comes with that. So me being this person and living this life, I feel like it, and I have a love for martial arts. I've been training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for nine years now, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> what, but it, what belt are you? Oh no, I'm still blue girl. Well, of course, <laughs> you know what happened? A couple years ago, when things started getting crazy busy, I just, I like had to drop the gi for a while. Cause I'm like, okay, what's my priority with jujitsu right now? Self-defense. Mm-hmm. Like if shit went down the street, I'm not trying to like worry about the, the chokes with the gi right mm-hmm. now. Like I need to know that I can grab any limb and fuck you up if I need to, yeah. right? So I just kind of departed from gi for a while. I'm back in it now. Cause I do love gi, yes. but yeah, it, it's put they're, a delay they're two in advancement. Yeah, they, yeah, they are two different worlds. You yeah. know? And anybody that does jujitsu understands the difference. They're, they're, it's two different strategies, you know? Totally and even is. like grappling, just straight grappling versus mm-hmm. MMA grappling is are two different worlds. Yeah, wait, okay, I want to talk about because you talked about that recently. Or I heard you mention that and I want to know what that means. To, like, how do you identify the, the differences between them? Well, because um, like if you're just doing straight up jujitsu, then you know your objective is to to submit them or like if you're competing right you want to compete for points so you have to have a strategy there like you want to you want to get mount as many times as possible because you get four points in mount you want to sweep you want to get the takedown this and that so there's strategy involved but if you're doing mma grappling and if we're talking about my last fight Mm -hmm. like usually being on your back is a bad position but in mma i can throw elbows on you and then i turn my offense or my defensive position into an offensive position because now she's holding me mm-hmm. and I'm I'm the one inflicting damage on my opponent and she's not doing anything because she's just holding me down. The minute that she goes to defend from the t- from the punches is the minute that I can get up and be free. So either way, I'm winning. That's so cool. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. That's amazing. How long have you been training jujitsu? Since I moved out to... It's funny because before, like before I had my... Um, MMA debut I was doing kickboxing smokers and this and that and um, I decided to take like an amateur MMA fight and the girl I, I took it with like five weeks training no like literally five weeks training wrestling jujitsu all of that and um, like I played it with it here and there but I you were, and you had did you've been doing karate up to that point right? yeah like, karate yeah. and I've been doing I was doing kickboxing smokers okay. and all that stuff right. so you know I I understood the concept of it all but it was still very new yeah. but it was it was an amateur fight so that was supposed to be my my experience right. and then um the girl that was supposed to fight ended up um, having to pull out and the only other girl that they had available was already pro oh. so then they were like well she was 2-0 and pro and they're like well if you want to fight that's who you got to fight so I was kind of like all right let's go so I jumped into my MMA career with no MMA amateur fights that's crazy but that's kind of what you had to do back then like yeah. that was 11 12 years ago you wow. know so well wait okay so I jump around, by the way. Me My too. Queen of fucking, like, we're in the jungle, now we're in the desert. Um, how did that happen? So one thing that I want to go back to say, the reason why I brought up that whole I'm a fighter by way of life mm-hmm. and the martial arts is because it. I think it's really allowed me to relate so much to fighters. Yeah. And I have a lot of fighter friends, you know, in the UFC and everything. And so, um, and I want to get into that mental aspect because I do agree that I don't think people realize 
that's it almost feels like that's the bigger part of what you do yes um, but so we're gonna put a pin in that. I want to get back to that. But we're <laughs> as long as you remember, I know, right? I'll forget. <laughs> it's on you, girl. <laughs> um, I want to go. I'm so interested in the moment that you decided that you were going to enter the world of MMA, like as a you're gonna try and fight. Mm-hmm. I want to know, like, in that moment. First of all, can you explain when that was? Yeah. And then I want to know why. I just feel like. Um, martial arts has been a part of my life since I was since I can remember and I competed um, and it just I, I became obsessed with it and so I got my black male American freestyle karate and then I dabbled in Kempo and then I did Wushu for a couple of years I competed in Berkeley um, and went out to uh, Thailand and did Muay Thai and then I moved out to Albuquerque and started training Jiu Jitsu um, but when I decided to make fighting a career uh, I I want to say it really stemmed from the idea that when all this is said and done I want to teach and I want to be able to say that I've been there done that like I I don't want to just talk to talk you know I want to walk the walk and if I'm telling a student well this is why you have to do it that way Mm -hmm. then they're gonna know that I've I've been through it and I have the experience to tell you that so please take my advice yeah there's gonna be (laughs) trust yes Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I guess it just it legitimizes my my instruction you know as a teacher that's amazing so that was so it's almost like you were seeing yourself in the future going well if this is my goal over here which is like past your fighting career yeah right yeah then I know that this is the door I need to walk through yeah that's rad Thank you. Yeah. I mean, my instructor really changed my life for the better, you know? Which instructor? My my, my initial instructor, he was, um, Mr. Wood was his name. And um, he was kind of very intimidating, big, like burly, kind of like a big papa bear mm-hmm. type of guy and didn't talk much. But when he did, you listened because he commanded respect. Um and yeah, he just changed my life in such a positive way, probably, uh, you know, in, in probably ways that he didn't even know, you know, but really saw strength in me when I couldn't see it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, I, that, thinks, that to me is very powerful, especially, you know, as a young girl trying to find yourself and, and uh, not just a young girl, but all young kids, you know, a going through that transition of, childhood to adulthood and trying to find yourself and um having a mentor there to kind of guide you is is nice that's yeah it's so important Mm -hmm. i think and it's important to continuously have that you know it's i know we're going to get into it but that kind of how we're talking about mirrors and friendships how it's so important there's times where we might be unsure we might be you know just at a low vibration place in our lives and to have people that we love and trust who continuously see that strength in us helps us to you know kind of move through the zigs and the zags right yeah because it's I mean it's like um when you are on you know this 
100 day challenge or you're on a, a specific diet or you're working really hard towards a specific goal and you wake up every day and you get frustrated because the scale hasn't moved or mm-hmm. you, you, you look at yourself in the mirror and you feel like nothing has changed just because you see yourself every day but then you run to a friend that you haven't seen in months and they're like oh my gosh you look great you know <laughs> yeah. and it's because you see yourself every day so you don't see the the minute little baby changes but somebody that hasn't seen you in a while is like holy cow what you know what have you been doing doing? you look great so totally Mm -hmm. yeah i love that i i am a firm believer that like the zoomed out perspective is the truth perspective Mm -hmm. but it's it's hard to always zoom out so Mm -hmm. it's something that i like to do just I, I like tried to keep that implemented throughout my life is just aerial view or just zoom out because yeah. if we're if we're just right here like you know with ev- if we're just if we're not looking from that perspective it's really hard to get the truth yeah I think and I think it's also important to just appreciate the small yeah. things that you have improved on you know because it's that. the small things that make the big things that's I think that's so huge what you said and I feel like that's a major tool to success Mm -hmm. and I think that it's more often that people don't don't like to or are not aware on how to or just to to capture the little things right like I love I always express this on Black Belt Beauty but I really believe that the journey is the reward because we have these goals and then we're there Mm -hmm. but when we're there we're already looking at the next fucking goal especially people like you people like me where it's like you know Mm -hmm. you're a high performer and so you're always going to be reaching for that better so for not taking time along the way to really you know absorb and appreciate the process then like then it's actually a very empty journey right yeah and then it's also like one of those things like when you do reach that goal it's something that you've been working for for so long that sometimes you reach that goal and you're like, man, I thought it would feel like way different when yeah. you reach it. Yeah. But it's because it's like, like you said, the ultimate reward is really the, the process, you know? So yeah. I think that if you put it all together, that's when it makes you like have a, a great appreciation for it all, you yeah, know? Yeah, totally. And then that's where I feel you actually you develop a very wealthy life because it's it's the everything it's the in-betweens mm-hmm. that are so um you know impactful and fortifying so when you when you i think i remember hearing you say um you're in a bar when you watch like your first the uh, fighter fighting right was it female fighting or male fighting i don't know when it what it was but maybe you can remind me mm-hmm. but that was when you're like I want to try this. I want to do this. Well, like I said, I grew up doing martial arts. So it's always been a part of my life. Yeah. But then when I was in college, I was having to pay for my college because as soon as I um, registered for school, my dad had gotten laid off. Mm. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to go to school and and work so that I can put myself through school. And um, so I was waitressing at Hooters Mm -hmm. and I was going to school full time. And in between, I was doing, you know, like little jobs here and there. I was doing photo shoots and magazine covers. And um, I, I got a gig as a ring girl for mm-hmm. for a local MMA show. Yeah. And I had never seen MMA. I I knew martial arts, I knew boxing, but I didn't know MMA. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they even existed. I remember like going to um Blockbuster, if anybody knows what that is. 
<laughs> That's so crazy to say, and it's so valid at the same time. There are some people who don't know what Blockbuster is. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, we used to Damn. walk to Blockbuster every weekend, like it was in and rent movies. And I remember seeing, you know, the UFC like yeah. uh, cassette tapes or, or videos, and being confused as to what it was like if was it real was it like the wwe or what like i didn't know you know so um that's kind of that's that was my idea of mma that's what i thought mma was i thought it was another wwe and then when i was the the ring girl and i was walking around i was like no this is legit you know and and they're doing martial arts which is what i know Mm -hmm. you know and so I was like, that, w- that looks like fun. I want to do that, you know? And I, I told the, the promoter, and he kind of laughed me off. He was like, sure, sure, whatever, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, whatever you want to do. And um, he laughed me off. I don't think he took me seriously, you know? He didn't know that you were already... Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. he... I yeah. Mean, no, if, I mean... And at that time, I mean, were there even really many girls... I mean, I know that girls were fighting, obviously, yeah. before the UFC, well before the UFC, but... It's it wasn't it wasn't what it is now. It's not like at all. Blue Crush and surfing. Like there were girls surfing. I've been surfing for the better part of my life. Blue Blue, Blue Crush comes out, and now there's more girls in the water than guys. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's um, it really is crazy um, to see how far it's come in such a uh, a short time, and I'm just you know grateful and blessed to say that I'm still, you know, I'm still riding the wave, and yeah, I'm you are. and um. I'm still young, you know. Yes. I, I'm still in my prime and able to capitalize on 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 the wave, you know. Absolutely. One thing that I want to really get into your head about, because I feel like it's you're in school. What were you studying? I was double majoring in theater and um, sports science. Oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you were on this path, and now you're inspired to enter this to try Mm -hmm. this new territory, right? Mm -hmm. Were you nervous about like moving from this to, I mean, maybe when you started that, you know, your first fight, you weren't necessarily thinking of departing school yet, or I don't know, were you? Um, You know, I had a couple smokers here and there, but I was still going to school. Yeah. And then um, when the semester had ended and my mom told me that, you know, we were going to visit Thailand to to visit family and mm-hmm. to see my grandmother. Um, I said, you know what, I'm going to take a semester off and just see how I feel. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like a feeler out, you know, a yeah. feeler out. I, I could always go back if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I went to Thailand and when I, I mean, it was game over. I, I, I didn't go back to college. I just, just didn't go back. That's amazing. Well, so one thing that's so special that I really love so much about your journey is I feel that obviously you've been very brave, but to even go below that, I feel like you've done such an amazing, and you're still doing an amazing job of listening. You're just listening. And that's fucking hard to do. Mm-hmm. I, my, you know, I've done some crazy ass shit in my life, like move to France, I don't speak the language, like move to New York City, I didn't know anybody. I mean, I, and, and it's funny, when people hear these strings of events, like these chapters in my life, I've always heard like, oh my God, that was so brave. And I always remember thinking, as I would hear that, brave, okay, yeah. I didn't even connect with that as much as I connected to, no, I just know how to listen. But you have to be brave to know how to listen because 
let's be real like my shirt let's <laughs> be real how many people hear that calling feel the summoning mm-hmm. but don't fucking like they they put it under the bed i think the problem is and you know we all deal with it we all face it is the outside noise you know mm-hmm. because there were there was a lot of outside noise there was the you know my mom and my aunts and my coworkers and my bosses telling me what are you doing you know uh yeah. you know you you're going to school you have partial scholarship you you're getting good grades um, you could be doing so many other things what are you doing yeah. and um so i think that's the problem really is the outside noise it's uh, it, you know what you want mm-hmm. but um, being influenced by everybody else's projection of what they think you should be is what sometimes we can give into. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's hard, especially when it's valued opinions like your family. Yeah. If you have a great relationship, I want to talk about you and your mom because I love listening <laughs> to her. I think it's Master so Yaya re- stories. <laughs> it's so good. But it's, I mean, it's got to be so hard. I mean, these are people that you respect and you love and you, and essentially you don't want to disappoint. So to be brave enough to be like, I mean, I remember telling my mom when I was 15, mom, I'm moving to Hawaii when I graduate. And she was like, uh-huh, yeah, right. Like yeah. whatever. Um, and then I graduated high school and like, bye mom, I'm moving to Kauai. Yeah. And the cool thing is, is that, you know, I mean, my mom probably if she, you know, at that moment, not now, I mean, it all makes so much sense, but you know, maybe it would, she would have probably preferred me to stay in Los Angeles and go to college and you know, whatever. Yeah. But she did something radical for me and she just said, I love you and I trust you. And you always, you know where your home is yeah. and Hawaii became home for forever now, you know, and but I had to have courage to be able to say that to someone that is my hero, that I love, who, you know, I don't want to disappoint. So I'm sure that that was gnarly for you to do. Yeah, I think so. I think it's kind of, it's it's taking a risk, taking a chance, you know, but like they say, no risk, no reward. And I, I would love for one day for my daughter to, to say something outlandish and me to call her bluff on it and for her to prove me wrong you know i would love i love would love for her to do something like that i love that you when know? you're leading by example right you're like how old is your daughter now she's seven what's her name again Araya. which is so beautiful thank you what does it mean anything um i mean it's it's a pretty funny story because josh and i just kind of put the name together really we were thinking of different things um, Aaliyah and Amaya and we were just kind of shifting letters back and forth and I was like well, what about Araya and we kind of were like mm, that's you know that's that sounds there's a nice <laughs> ring to that you know it sounds right you know it's original beautiful <clears throat> and so you know we stuck on it for a while and then I called my mom and I was talking to her and I said mom what do you think about the name Araya and she was like telling me oh I, I really like you know okay <laughs> okay my first daughter so my mom before my older brother had a daughter before okay and she um so she would have been the oldest and i never got to meet her because she when she was born she was born with liquid in her brain and so she died when she was like two or three but my mom says that that was it like similarly Mm -hmm. that's what her name would have been in thai like alea in thai and i had never known that i never know that like 
all my life, you know, I, I knew that my mom had a daughter and that she'd passed away when she was a baby, but I didn't know her name. I didn't know any of that. Wow. And so for it to come like full, like full circle, circle that like that, I was like, well, that's it. Like that's yeah. her name. You know, that is so special. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I feel like we all live up to our names, right? Like, do you feel that? My sister's name is Michelle, by the way. I love Michelle. <laughs> um, but I do, f- I feel like I definitely live up to Roxanne. So it's like <laughs> a name is a big deal. Yeah. And we went back and forth talking about it and you know it was like well what about this no I don't like that I had a girl uh, I knew a girl that was named blah 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 <laughs> and she I didn't like her <laughs> and then it was like well what about this name no because then all the kids are gonna make fun of her and say blah 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 you know like that's so funny. it's hard picking a name no it totally is well your daughter I feel like she's I mean she's like your best friend right yes she definitely is is she in martial arts she did. She was doing um, the Winx MMA class for a while. Um, and I think that she she got a bit burnt out from it because she does that and gymnastics and she's in school. And at this point in her life, there's I, I really don't want to force her into anything. Yeah. Um, I, I What I do want her to do is is uh, commit to, to something, you yeah. know. So um, so she is. She does gymnastics. And um, I, I, I eased up on the, the martial arts for a little bit for now. But um, with the gymnastics, she has to commit, you know, on, mm-hmm. on good days and bad days, she has to go. And I told her, because she, she's been expressing some interest in jujitsu. Mm. And I told her, I, uh, I have a really good uh, jujitsu professor, and he's great with kids. Um, and I think that's why she's interested in going back in. But I told her, I said, babe, if you want to get into jujitsu, you have to go to the very end. Like you have to go until you get your black belt. Like I'm not gonna let you start and get your little white gray belt and then say you're done. <laughs> so when you decide to go, we're going. That's and how did she respond to that? She said, "Okay, you know, I'll think about it." How cute. Mm-hmm. Jiu-jitsu. I feel like every woman needs to know how to jujitsu because it's just so. Everybody, everybody needs to know Except martial the bad arts. guys. <laughs> I, I just I, I feel <laughs> like if everybody was... knew martial arts, there yeah. wouldn't be any bad guys. You know, because like why if you're a bad guy and you're picking on me, yeah, you're not gonna pick on me because you know I can beat your ass too. You That's know, true. That's so, so I, true. I think it, it would eliminate so many other things, and and so much aggression and pent up anger and you know self doubt is built up in people, and that's why they lash out in violence because they have mm-hmm. all these internal issues, which a lot of martial artists get the chance to release. They're right. training. Yeah, they don't know. Those who are not martial artists don't know how to deal with it, and so it comes out in those ways. That's mm-hmm. such a great point. Uh, what do you think? So, as a as a as a child growing up and being a martial artist, and now being a young adult, mm-hmm. do you feel that your view on what being a martial artist is has changed? No, I mean I think I've grown from from then and now you know but I feel one of the biggest lessons to take away from being a martial artist is that you will always be a student you will always learn and the minute you think you're done learning is the minute you get put on your ass you know like um and so just having that um mindset where where you're always continuing to learn and that there's always something that you can learn from somebody uh i think is 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 a good character trait to have both in martial arts and in life yeah you know right it's transferable Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think the, some of the best fighters, some of my favorite fighters, are they they embody that. You know, it's it's not just in the octagon. It's it's out of it. It's so important. I mean, yeah, it's so special. Yeah, and like um, w- what I've really been able to everything like all of my hard life lessons have have been through martial arts or 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 my journey in martial arts and and i feel like i've been able to relay those messages to Araya. you know i think that now we live in a world of of convenience we live in a world of of simplicity where we don't have to struggle to survive we don't have to struggle we don't have to hunt we don't have Mm -hmm. to look for shelter we don't have to look for any of these so um that's how we used to grow and develop way yeah. back in the day they evolved by yes, challenge Absolutely. exactly yeah and so like how do we now like try to implement that in our lives how do we grow and evolve mm-hmm. if we're not if we don't have those those day-to-day struggles and it's by f- through f- through force you know like yeah. through through fighting you know mm-hmm. through facing your fears through 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 seeing a challenge like you were talking about earlier being scared of something right. and attacking it instead of hiding from it instead of brushing it under the rug instead of pretending like it's not there yeah no absolutely yeah we were talking before the podcast that <laughs> i started <laughs> i create i decided to create the habit of um, actually i didn't know if i was going to create a habit i just i wanted to try to get up straight from bed my warm bed and go straight into a straight cold shower not mm-hmm. not like warm into cold but it's like straight bone cold um and you know for no other reason outside of just being curious of what the challenge would offer me. I mean, there are physiological benefits that I'm well aware of and I want those too, but um, you know, like there is just something really provocative to me about this constant, like, well, what if I just, what if I do something really hard, really uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. especially when everything is great? Like what, how is this going to affect me, right? And it all comes back to this, obsession (laughs) with like just chasing that you know carrot of like best into better best into better um and you know this is probably a great segue to go back because see i remembered (laughs) (laughs) i don't (laughs) like remember what i want to talk about like the mental aspect of 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 being a fighter it's you know one thing that i think is so powerful is that you anybody who's reaching for anything great in their life or doing things that are uncomfortable you you have to be willing to get vulnerable yes like it's huge Mm -hmm. but i think being a fighter especially in the greatest organization of fighting Mm -hmm. like you're on the largest platform yeah you fail you fall and it's like fucking millions of people Mm -hmm. seeing that shit you gotta be extra vulnerable like that's can we talk about that i mean yeah we could talk about that (laughs) i I think for me like it's one of those things that i put out of my mind really um but then you know talking to my sports psychologist really not trying to put it out of your mind but really kind of embracing it for what it is yes you are in front of millions of people what are you going to do with it you know okay so this is your stage so you know live it up and 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 take advantage of it but um i mean it's easier said than done Mm -hmm. you know but but when you do when you are able to you know get the stars to align and and everything in fighting like everything has to go right 
you know it can't just you can't just be in shape you have to be in shape you have to be mentally strong you know it has to be a great night for you and i I mean there's just so many different factors that go into to winning a fight that that people don't realize but um but but at the end of the day it's like there's only two outcomes Mm-hmm. You win or you lose. And and I think you have to be willing to accept that, you know, outcome. And, um, I mean, we were kind of talking about it earlier, like with Carrie and stuff like that. But um, all the great athletes that have ever lived have been great at failure. Absolutely. And and that's what makes them great. Yeah. You know, is the the fact that failure doesn't prohibit them from continuing to strive to move forward and i think if you have that type of attitude going into the ring the pressure of failure is lifted and you're able to perform you're able to be in the present you're able to to get in the zone because because when when you have the pressure of failure and well what if this or you know i know if i win i'm going to do go my trajectory is this way but if i lose and my trajectory is that way you're already out of your head or 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 should i say in your head right you know what i mean you're just not in the moment yes which is where you want to be in your own way you're like you're in your own way and you're not in the present Mm-hmm. And, and that's like the worst place to be, uh, you know, as an athlete. Especially as a fighter. Because yeah. it's not like you're going to miss a shot in the basket. Like, you're going to take a fucking blow to the head. Yeah. <laughs> or a kid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. something. It's. I think it's just on another level, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, there's so many components in it. Like, obviously, you're in control of your own body. But it's not like, like you know, my, my sports psychologist explains it in the best way. It's like when you when you bowl you can visualize bowling the same way like the pins will always be in the same spot the lane is always going to be there yeah. so you can literally practice you know repetition after repetition and and get like muscle you know muscle yeah. memory right. and and get it ingrained in your mind but and i can do i can shadow box the same move over and over a million times but it's not going to matter because the, the 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 object that i'm trying to hit is moving right. and the object that i'm trying to hit has an objective of hitting me mm-hmm. you know so like all of those things is what you have to take into consideration too and i think what i've just come to the realization of is that no matter the outcome of my fight mm-hmm. that I'm becoming a better person because of it. I love that. You, Yeah, absolutely. It kind of goes, yeah, it's like, well, okay, a couple things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um, when, I, when we were talking before the podcast, it's like who you need to become in order to, you know, succeed the things that you want to succeed at in your life, you, the things that you want to actualize, um, which also includes the challenges of failing or of things being hard, like who you need to be to maneuver through that shit. It's so, I'm really turned on by that. Like every step of the way, what those steps are adding to who you are. Mm-hmm. That's really, it's, it's, it's like we were saying earlier, it's one part what excites me is these things I want to accomplish, but I think it's almost more part who I need to become in order to do that and as I'm doing it along mm-hmm. the way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and there there's nothing that's going to add depth to your character than adversity. I agree. You know? Yeah. And so when we complain about 
you know, life isn't fair and why does this always happen to me? I think rather we should be um, embracing it. Totally. You know, yeah. because it's it's what makes you strong. It's what makes uh, w something that I compare it to are like the roots of a tree, right? Mm -hmm. So there was this like whole big experiment they're trying to do like a biodome and like make this perfect environment and everything was like organic and there are people living there and it was just amazing and they planted these trees and the trees kept toppling over and they didn't know why the trees kept toppling over and they realized it's because there was no wind uh. the trees weren't able to grow their roots because there was no wind pushing up against them the only way that the trees grow their roots is when the wind pushes up against them and they have to dig down deep into the soil and make roots that is dope so when 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 adversity hits you in life you have to take it as you have to embrace it as life allowing you to grow your roots so that when the wind does blow you don't topple over i want to high five you right now <laughs> <laughs> was that good that's that deep that was, was that so good <laughs> well i want to ask you like where do you think that where does this come from in you because here's here's i'll start with it by this everything to me in life is just information yeah. so one day i'm meditating and i get the words i have a whole thing with my meditation and i the words from my higher self i call my muse i've said it so many times on this <laughs> podcast it's like normal now my weirdness is normal but the words nothing means anything except the meaning you decide to give it can't All right, you're going to have to say that one more time. I know, it's... <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Roxanne, this is how I get... Nothing means anything except the meaning you decide to give it. Mm -hmm. So how I'm going to expand on that is everything is just information. And what separates us as humans is how we individually respond yes. to that information and what we decide to do with that information. So for some people, adversity is like a fucking woe is me and oh my God, and like life is over or mm -hmm. I don't, you know... And to some people, like yourself, you're like taking that wind like it's fixing your hair. <laughs> you're like, bring like, it on. Okay, Let's exactly. go. Yeah. Where the fuck does that come from? Like, do you think, do you remember being that way as a child? Is it something that you feel is innate and that you cultivated furthermore? Like as you, you know, maybe you're, you've witnessed it in your family, your friends. I don't know. I want to know about that. I think bit. it's probably a mixture of all those things. You mm -hmm. know, I have a really hardcore, like hard ass Asian mom who like always like <laughs> critiqued me and told, like I come home with my, with my report card and it'd be like an A minus. She'd be like, what the hell did A minus, huh? You're not good enough to get a straight A, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I gotta meet your mom one day. She's so amazing. You know, you know your 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 friend over there get a straight A. She's gonna go to the better school than you. And I mean, it was always that growing up, you know. And yeah. um, so partially maybe from that, just me like wanting to like, you know, prove to her that I can do this and do that. And and maybe another part of it is like really really being like rock bottom and you know kind of playing the victim and, and um, feeling sorry for myself and um, and then coming out of that, you know, mm -hmm. seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and realizing that those moments are what made me stronger in the end. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I you have to go through it. Sometimes you have to go through it. Sometimes mm -hmm. you have to go through rock bottom. Sometimes you have to experience like those hard lessons on your own before you can kind of come up and break through the surface and, and, and see the light. Yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah, that's powerful. I, what do you think, um, 
What do you think the bravest thing you've ever done in your life so far is? I don't know. It's a big question. <laughs> I think, um, huh. What do I think the bravest thing that I've ever done in? I would have to say it's just being honest with myself. Um, and having those hard, honest conversations with the with the ones that I loved, knowing that I would be hurting them in having those conversations. Yeah, that's, I'm like. <laughs> it's hard. When I get quiet, it's because inside I'm like really applauding. Because mm -hmm. that, that is to me, authenticity, having hard conversations, those things are so connected, mm -hmm. I think is such a difficult thing for people to do. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's actually very empowering when that is how you're navigating yourself through your life, you know? Mm -hmm. That's really, yeah. Okay, sorry. When you make <laughs> me pause, that's a good thing. <laughs> what do you do when you feel nervous, when you feel, you know, uncertainty really knocking at the fucking mental door and it's, it's shaking you? What do you do? How do you walk through that in your mind? to maneuver past it I think I, I really lean on my husband a lot for uh, um, those those moments of weakness you know and, and I'm fortunate to have him there with me every step of the way you know he's been in my corner for as long as I can remember and um, both in and outside of the, the octagon you yeah. know but um, more so outside of it because a lot of times he, he he believes in me even when I don't you know and so to 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 be able to lean on him in moments of weakness and tell him straight up like I don't know if I could do this you know and and for him to just to to reassure me that I'm on the right path is is nice you know yeah, mm -hmm. totally it's powerful mm -hmm. so that's a great segue into i want to talk about your friendships mm -hmm. so holly holmes is one of your best friends right you guys yeah. put out you put out a video which i love <laughs> so much you know you guys dancing and you're well, i don't know where you were actually, we, we were in my house we were gonna yeah. we were gonna film it outside but that choreogra choreography was so hard dude it was gnarly <laughs> it was so good but we were like we had to put sierra up on the big screen so that we could record underneath <laughs> and and copy sierra while we were doing our own thing wow but we well, did well thank you <laughs> you guys were so cute how long have you guys been friends for was it when you when did you meet her I, I i met holly when i moved out to albuquerque and she was i mean she is such an amazing human being um like a huge like huge in in albuquerque like she can't go anywhere in albuquerque because people love her and and it's only growing like her 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 personality her character is infectious and she's just like such a genuine person and um you just you can't help but want to be around her because you feel like you can just be yourself yeah 
and not only that but she's a beast you know like she's she's driven she's hungry she's um motivated to continue to to get better if you're talking about you know best and best better. to better mm-hmm. that's holly like no matter what like her her out of camp is most people's in camp <laughs> I'm just like That's this dope. girl is crazy. Like That's I, so when cool. I don't feel like training, I, I think, what would Holly do? Ah, <laughs> that's awesome and then i go train you know so um that's holly and she she's just she's um she'll never like tell you what you need to do or, or not be doing she'll just she just leads by example mm-hmm. and um and she's great at it so that's awesome and so obviously because i you know carrie's one of my best she's like the ride or die you know i'm like She's family, and you know, and I have this tribe of women in my life. I'm so fortunate to have not just like best friends, but I'm talking these are incredible human beings. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think, it's so valuable to have these relationships and these friendships, and and to 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 call upon them. But like to. We rely on, we lean on each other yeah. for sure. And it's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important. Like, uh, you know, all different types of relationships are important. Like relationship with your spouse is important, but then there are also relationships that I believe are necessary to have outside of a, s- a spousal relationship mm-hmm. in order, like you, you grow in different ways w- with different people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, like, l- like what you're talking about earlier, there are people that are, that are in your lives and that will tell you the, uh, brutal honest truth not to tear you down not to you know um you know bruise your confidence Mm -hmm. um but to help you grow you know and Mm -hmm. just like we're talking about having those honest conversations and knowing that it's coming from a place of love um and um and not judge not from a place of judgment i think is is more important because so much of us that's when you start to like put those walls up and watch what you have to say like around certain people and this and that you don't there are some people that you could just literally be yourself around right and that is money Mm -hmm. right there it's so important and you should only really try to surround yourself with those people i agree you know but life's too short to be fucking with anybody else like yeah right and Mm -hmm. i think especially yeah, no, I'll just stop there. And that's what I tell my daughter all the time because I know it's only going to get worse. She's in second grade, but she'll be like, oh, Kayla wasn't playing with me today. And I was like, well, did you go play some lace sauce? And she's like, yeah. And I said, okay, did you have fun? Yeah, all right then. Is it a big deal? No, you know, or go talk to her. If it hurt your feelings, talk to her about it. And, and you know, if she talks back to you, and you guys end up resolving it, then you guys are friends. And if she doesn't, then it's not worth your time. That's so important that you're teaching your daughter to that, especially if we were talking earlier about, you know, things are just different now mm-hmm. in the way that kids are being brought up. Like our time is different. Kids aren't playing outside anymore. Mm-hmm. Like in the same way that in my era, you know, yeah. that's all we did, right? And so it's, it's just imp- too dangerous now. Like you well, don't want your true. kids hang- playing outside, they get snatched up. No, it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, it's on another level, but it's mm-hmm. so, you know, there's, we were saying like communication is, there's a lack in that yes, department, 100%. you know, and it's, and I think that, you know, I mean, there's this whole, the bullying, bullying things and like, there's 
Uh, I sh- let me say it like this. As a 40-year-old woman, the value of having genuine, incredible friendships in my life is mm-hmm. unmeasurable. Like, yeah. like there's no words for it, really. And if when I have a child, I aspire to be a mom one day, um, you know, I want to... I want to support my child to be able to cultivate these kind of relationships yes. as soon as possible. And it, I think in these times, it's even trickier than it's ever been. Yeah. Like, kids are gnarly, dude. They're oh, like... Yeah. They're ruthless. <laughs> they are ruthless. They really are. And, and and it's crazy. But when you're talking about, you know, this day and age when there's like a rise in bullying, the truth is, I, I don't think there's a rise in bullying. I yeah. just think that it's if you're t- if we're talking if we're going back to what we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. and it all being perspective. You know what I mean? Like, sure. bullying has been around since the the the, the caveman ages. It's totally. like it, it's you know it's a pecking order, right? Right. But um, don't make yourself out to be the victim, and you won't get bullied. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, up, lift yourself up. Have the confidence to you know to to confront the bully and then sees and then see what happens yeah you know what i mean yeah or don't put yourself in that place to to feel vulnerable to get bullied Mm -hmm. i mean i guess it's easier said than done yeah but those are those hard conversations those are those hard moments that you have to go through that i think for a lot of kids it's easier to not confront you know what i mean yeah absolutely it's like when your your mom makes you talk to your friend's parents if you want to go spend the night uh-huh you know sure. what i mean yeah. it's like oh but i'm nervous i don't want to talk to them or you know you when you have to ask a girl out on a date mm-hmm. like these things don't happen anymore because now we right. have phones and i'm just gonna hit you up on instagram and yeah. dm you totally you know so um it's that 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 social connection that we're missing, those the body language cues that we're missing, the mm-hmm. um that makes me uncomfortable cue or the no, I'm happy to hang out with you cue right. that we're missing and that the kids I feel like need, you yeah. know? This is a personal question. I'm just curious. It just came to my head. <laughs> so, like, do you guys, do you think you'll have, um, give your daughter a sibling? Like, is that? She's been asking for her. She's really? Been, yeah, she's oh, been wow. asking. And um, that's like, that's tough, you know, yeah. because I'm like in the prime of my career. Yeah, and yeah. if I, if I want to have a baby, then that's basically two, two years out of, uh, out of my career. Right. So. I do want more children mm-hmm. and we'll probably wait until my career is over yeah. to do that. You know, I, there'll be like a huge age gap, but, um, it shouldn't matter. No, know? my sister is six years older than me mm-hmm. and it's, it's actually beautiful. Like there's something special about that too. You mm-hmm. know, any, any age between could be special, but yeah. just to validate that, okay. you know, I love having my older and she's actually because there's five of us and she was always kind of like the she still is kind of like a second mom and it's it's been very special for us to experience um you know to have a sibling like that whereas like me and then my three brothers (laughs) we're all like right behind each other which is really funny growing (laughs) growing up you um you have a brother i have an older brother and a younger sister Oh really? Uh huh. That's. Are you guys all tight? Or yeah, we're all really close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How fun. Yeah, my younger sister hated me when we were growing up because I oh. was like the goody two shoes brown noser, and she was the rabble, you oh. know. So and she's coming up behind me. So she she's super smart, mm-hmm. but 
she had all the teachers that I had because she's super smart, but she didn't feel the need to go to class because it's just easy to her. So she would ditch class and get home early enough to erase the message on the phone. No! <laughs> on, the, on the landline. Savage. For those of you that don't know what a landline is. <laughs> that is so cool. But... Um, but the t- I would know because the teachers would be like, well, Michelle, I didn't see your sister in class today. And I'm like, oh, really? You know? <laughs> I'm having a flashback of like Ferris Bueller or something. <laughs> yes. the movie? Exactly. So um, she hated my guts because everybody was like, oh, you're Michelle's little sister. And um, it was just like, I always was the goody two shoes and did everything yeah. like right. And, you know, my sister was a rebel. And, um, but after she had her son and she saw that I was there for her, mm-hmm. um, I think her and I grew really, really close and we're like best of friends now. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Childhood pains. Okay, so <laughs> I'm be, I want to be, I want to be mindful of your time. You guys are here in Vegas, and um, there's just a few more things I want to kind of. Of course, no, we're we're rolling. Thank you. I know this is so fun. I want to know if you have any kind of routines or rituals like when you start your day maybe Mm -hmm. is there anything that you so going back to fighting you know the mental aspect of it how do you train your mind or and then also like routines or something I do wish I had more of a routine it's a little hard for me because of you know my lifestyle um array of being in school and me having to be having to need the flexibility to be spontaneous sometimes in and outside of camp because things just happen and occur. Um, But um, as far as um, like a mental ritual, I've tried to make it a habit to, to have, um, to do 15 minutes of mental practice in the morning and 15 at night. Mental practice. So is that visualization or mental rehearsal? Um, Or is it meditation? I, you know, I feel like it's, Sometimes it, it could feel like a meditative state, but it's more, I would say, like imaginative. It's mm-hmm. um, really taking myself to a place and, and not just a, like not just visualizing it, mm-hmm. but feeling it and hearing it and and seeing it and like all your senses all your senses senses and making it as real as possible so that when when the fight really does happen that that i've been there you know yeah that's Mm -hmm. so i coach now and i have a a client who's a fighter um and i i yeah i'm just gonna leave it i already know where he's going in (laughs) Mm -hmm. his career he's badass and that is something that we're practicing it's just because i'm a huge believer in you know the science behind that like going there Mm -hmm. and not you know and not just like you said it's not just a it's not one dimensional you can't just see it you have to literally get so detailed in the moment of like you know what's my body temperature doing like Mm -hmm. what you know all those factors and then i think that that have you ever read the book the power of habit i don't think i have it's a really good book or Uh audio book um you know, there's a part in there where Michael Phelps, I, I don't remember what Olympics, but it was like, I think it was Beijing. His, something happened with his goggles mm-hmm. and basically water was yeah. coming into the goggles. And um, I might be chopping up the story in a bad way, but essentially <laughs> this is what it was. His coach would make him swim at night without goggles in, the, in a lake. Yep. And so, and this connects, it's a little different, but it's the same in the sense of like, he has already been there so deeply in his mind where like he couldn't see he didn't have that 
sense available to him that he normally does and so when that shit happened in the olympics like he still won yes. you know yeah it's like that movie what is that movie with john claude van damme the kickboxer when he gets that stuff thrown Dude, in his eyes Bloodsport is my favorite oh, <laughs> yeah no Bloodsport is like listen i grew up on these martial arts movies i love that movie forever. and he's like nah. yeah. <laughs> that was so and good. then he's having these flashbacks like, ah, <laughs> with no eyes just like <laughs> kicking ass dude i love that you brought up blood sport <laughs> yes it's so well and okay so i have a question um do you then like uh, so i'm like oh. <laughs> okay so visualization is like a it's a tool that you yeah i think it, like it is a tool and but it, it has to coincide with hard work you know like physical hard work like those those things have to go hand in hand yeah. you know like you can't just you know sit in your garage and and imagine beating um the world champ and then go and do it like right. you got to put in the you got to put in the work too you got to put in the road work you got to put in the, the time sparring yeah. um and um but even when you're doing those actual physical things running your mind back to the to the to the mental and kind of lacing those together yeah all together you know it, it all goes hand in hand yeah do you do um do you write or journal or vision board like do you have any of these other yeah yeah i mean um i'm i like to doodle i i have a planner and that helps me kind of keep my my analytical mind mm -hmm. happy yeah so that i have things in order you know these are things that Araya has to get done these are things that I have to get done um and um so in there I also journal sometimes sometimes I do sometimes I don't if yeah. I feel like writing it down I will if I mm -hmm. if I feel like just thinking about it I do you know um and it just you know it's just whenever I feel like doing it do you have any other creative passions that people don't know about like is mm -hmm. yeah I don't know I love I love art I love um any any type of art really I, I do a lot of arts and crafts with my little one and uh, I really enjoy doing that I, I I love just kind of like exploring creativity and just you know just being able to to sit down and with any type of like medium whether it's paint or chalk or markers or mm -hmm. um, whatever but just to be able to explore you know the artistic side better and and just kind of lose yourself in, in in those moments yeah you know yeah i enjoy yeah. doing yeah. when i have time sure. <laughs> <laughs> what do you yeah actually let me ask you what's your idea of balance i i think i have a really good balanced life right now um i i, I love spending time with my daughter and just l laughing with her and really embracing just those small moments of of just spontaneous laughter like those are probably my favorite you know yeah. and um you know hanging out with my hubby and having him a part of my journey and being able to fight mm -hmm. being able to release all my aggression and you know and and really live out my dark side and um and then being able to be a nurturing mom and to to come back and and to help Araya grow and evolve I, I think that's like in the, and I would say for this last camp when when you're talking about like an on an athletic standpoint yeah I have been the most balanced because usually 
like I equate being prepared by like the number of hours that I've been in the gym. Mm. And sometimes I've, I, there have been times when I've broken my body down mm -hmm. because of that, because I'm like, well, I got to put more hours in the gym because they're not, you know? Yeah. And, um, understanding that recovery is just as much of training than training is. Oh, that's, I love that. <laughs> Carrie challenged me to rest yesterday. She's like, I challenge you to rest. Cause <laughs> it's hard. Um, I mean, it's gotta be on a whole, it is on a whole nother level for you, but I, I love movement. I love feeling the challenge that comes with my training. Mm -hmm. It's an addiction and it's, and there's so many different modalities of training that I love. So Jiu-Jitsu, high intensity interval training, hot yoga, weightlifting, like, there's not enough time to do it all. So, well, there's not enough time to do it all and have proper recovery. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's so, so that's why you say that. And it's like fresh air to me that <laughs> I know I'm supposed to absorb right now. <laughs> You're like, well, you didn't just have to say that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I appreciate it because I, I do, you know, I'm going to connect this dot right now. So before we started the podcast, I told you guys I'm an introvert, right? Mm -hmm. And you guys were like, what? No way. And it's no fucking way. <laughs> I know. But how I can connect those dots so well is um, the reason why it's hard, I think, for majority of people to really like, be, like see me in that way or accept that is because... I'm not shy, and when I'm in a room, like you're gonna know I'm there. Not mm -hmm. because I'm trying to get attention, but just because I'm comfortable in my skin, and that speaks loudly. Yeah. However, so let's just say I'm like, you know, after a few days of, of engaging outward, yeah. I fucking need my inward. But I think that's I think that's true, like across the board, because it does take a lot of energy yes. from you to 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 be yourself and to open yourself up to other people and to to give yourself to, to other people yeah, exactly that takes yeah. a lot of energy it totally it's does. like when you're in a room of people and you're you are truly engaged with somebody yeah and and after you go home and you're just like god i am tired it's because you really did like give it your all yeah absolutely yeah. and and then this is going to be a great segue into the next thing i want to ask you about but i am in a deep loving relationship with myself meaning like there's you just stare at yourself all day no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you look good you look in the mirror <laughs> you look good today girl <laughs> look in your lips I'm in the mirror like, what up girl <laughs> i get dressed up on a friday night to stand in front of the mirror oh my god no well i feel like you know how i said my muse when i meditate there's this higher version of myself that's always with me she's always there with me and she's always guiding me and she's loving me and encouraging me and i literally feel like when i'm you know, when I've spent so much time outward that I need to go in and hang out with her. Like, mm -hmm. I need to nourish that relationship. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's that's another reason why it's like, it becomes mandatory for me to not talk, like just to have that space for myself. Mm -hmm. How I want to now bridge that to my next question for you is, what is your relationship with self-love? I think it's really important. I don't think enough of us practice it enough. You know what I mean? And um, I, I mean, it's easier said than done. And when you think about all of the distractions that come our way, especially now with social media and this yeah. and that, and um, it can be easy to um, to get pulled away from 
from loving yourself, especially when, you know, there's so much noise. Comparison. Mm -hmm, From the outside world. And um, I think just, yeah, giving yourself time to to really love yourself is is important. I don't think enough of us do it. Um, But um, I also feel like I have a good amount of self-love, but that's because I'm in a, in a healthy relationship where my husband and my daughter both show me how much they loved me. And, and by by receiving love from them, like it, it makes me confident in who I am and, and it makes me love myself that much more and gives me, gives, gives me appreciation for myself. Yeah. Um, but th- that's not always the case, you know, and, and when it's not, it's harder. It, 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 it just is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, and it, it is a very powerful tool. I rely on my self-love to get me through, you know, challenges, adversity. And it's also, to me, a tool that helps with consistency. Because, mm-hmm. like, people, you know, people say I'm very disciplined. And I, I can't argue that. It's just that I don't really kind of... I am disciplined, but it's not like I do something to be disciplined. It's because I love myself so much that I want to see this through, that I want, yeah. you know? Well, at the end of the day, if you don't believe in yourself, then who will? I think that's like, you know, one of those things. It's like, at the end of the day, you are who you have, you know? Like, you are yeah. your your own, like, you, you are really the only oh, person you're in control of. I was totally. going to say something confusing like what you said earlier, but I, like, you know what I mean? Like you, you only have yourself at the yeah. end of the day. You really only have, you're only in control of yourself. Absolutely. So you might as well love it. <laughs> Straight up. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think, what's something that really stands out to you in a woman that is beautiful? Like what, yeah. I love that women can bear children. Mm. I love that women are multitaskers. I love that women are strong in silence and that they just do. Yeah. I I feel like that's the most um, powerful thing a woman can do is is get through life and and do it without feeling like they need any type of recognition because that's what they do. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. I love that. What makes you feel beautiful? What makes me feel beautiful? Um, the way my husband looks at me <laughs> when I'm just doing random stuff or when I'm looking crazy. You like cleaning the kitchen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you just got shy. I felt like that is so cute. Um, that makes me feel beautiful. I, I I feel beautiful when I'm drenched in sweat, you know, and and know that I've put in some good work, training. That's sexy. Yeah. Um, probably those two. Awesome. Can we talk a little bit? Um, I just want to know what, as far as like beauty rituals or even just like make, I feel like you have so much fun with makeup. You love makeup. I, I love that about you. I do. You're like this badass warrior <laughs> and like still it's like the heels and the mitt and you have fun with it. Yeah. And I love that. Why not? I mean, we have, we all have layers, you know, sure. and I think it's important to embrace those layers. Like why, why, why would you want to be one dimensional? Right. You know, yeah. So I love makeup. I I think the biggest thing I would say, like beauty wise, mm-hmm. um, is all like internal stuff, right? Like, I think nutrition has a 
big part of your 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 skin health I you know skin you health that. hair hair nails all of it is like nutrition hydrate stay hydrated and your face will be plump you yeah. know <laughs> and you're you're it, fish oil and you have some nice nails and your nice hair yeah you have a healthy brain yes um by the way you have great digestive pills i take the same one yes uh, but <laughs> i love that what would you what would you want your daughter to how do i want to frame this especially like growing up navigating through social media and like we were just talking about comparison and all that what's something that you really want to embed in your daughter's mind when it comes to beauty and her own self beauty like that she's beautiful just the way she is and she she can you know just to have confidence and, and she does have confidence sometimes she'll see me putting on makeup and she'll be like mom you look beautiful with that makeup mm-hmm. you know and um that's because this guy says that to me all the time you know and, and yeah. like so she you know she's always she, she's a product of what she sees she sees the relationship that her um, that Josh and I have, and she's going to aspire for that because that's what she sees. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, but I mean, as far as her confidence, like she sometimes she goes to school in um, Spider-Man pajamas and a princess tutu <laughs> and <laughs> hair not combed, looking crazy. And I, you know, there are parts of me that don't want her to leave the house. And I'm looking at her like, baby girl, you gonna go out? You gonna go to school looking crazy like that? <laughs> I asked her this question, like, you look in a hot mess. And she's like, I know, but I look good, don't I? Yeah. You know? And and that's the confidence that we're trying to instill in her. That's, you know? You're winning. That's amazing. <laughs> um, any books that you've read in your life that have really impacted your mental framework? I really liked um, The Alchemist is one of my favorite. Yeah. I, I go back to that one a lot. Um, uh, Mind Gym is a good one. I don't know if you've ever read that Mind one. Gym? Mm-hmm. No, it's I called haven't. it's called Mind Gym. I haven't read it in a while, but I think it's it it, it it's kind of I think um, a good foundation to get into trying to get into the right um, mindset as a competitor. Cool. And then I, I really enjoy uh, Relentless. I love Have that you read word. That? Yeah. No, Relentless. I yeah, no. it's Relentless. It's it's um, a book uh, by. Um, Gosh, I can't remember his name off the cuz it's going to say Relentless is the book yeah, you look, look it up. up. Yeah, I'll put it in the But show. um he is the like the sports psychologist um for like Michael Jordan like oh, these really? guys and he talks about their their championship mentality. Their, you know, the the reason why mm-hmm. they are great and it's because they are relentless and he talks about um their being you know three types of athletes and they're like the coolers Mm -hmm. which are like the ones that are just chilling Mm -hmm. you know like don't mind being on the bench um the coolers the closers Mm -hmm. which are like kind of the the ones that enjoy um enjoy doing it if you put them under pressure they'll they'll, they'll rise to the occasion and then they're the cleaners they're the ones that just get shit done they sweep the house yeah they're the janitors they're like when when shit hits the fan they're the ones that clean up the mess that is so cool um and so huh Yes, Tim Grover. There you go. I knew it was Tim, but I almost said Tim Ferriss, but I was like, no, no, No. it's Tim Ferriss. It's Tim Grover. That's awesome. I'm going to get that book. That's dope. Yeah. It's it's a good read. It's an easy read. Um, Okay, so I want to do a couple rapid fire words at you. Um, And so you just bounce back, like, you know, 
what how it affects you like what you know what you think about the word or okay if i said that right i don't know <laughs> i might need food um okay appreciation uh family success the process love um love i don't know everything <laughs> love is love love <laughs> confidence confidence is um truth fear fear is necessary <laughs> they I can't, they I can't see you guys. The, the, you guys can't see me, but when I just pause like that, it's because inside I'm like, damn. Dude, Michelle, thank you so much. You. Before we wrap out, and before I ask you to tell everybody where they can stay in touch with you, um, is there anything else that you want to just put out? No, I mean, um, Thank you. I'm I'm glad that we got together and hopefully we you know, we'll stay in touch, obviously, oh, yeah. you know. Um, but no, I think this is awesome. I think this is needed. You know, this is what we're missing what everybody's missing in life is just, you know, you know, human connection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so important. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, how do people follow you? Where do they find you? Uh, I'm most active on my Instagram. So it's Karate Hottie MMA on Instagram. But my husband just put together a website. So if if you go to the website, uh, it'll, you'll connect to all my my handles. And oh, cool. um, so the website is MichelleWatersonMMA.com. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing that. I'm trying to build my YouTube, trying to put up more content so that I can share, you know, my, my martial arts knowledge and, and such. But um, it's just hard in between yeah. training and, and being a mom. So you're doing so much and you're <laughs> doing awesome. I'm so proud of you as a human being. Like you're kicking ass. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I need to learn some kicks from you. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. You need to follow this amazing human being. And I'm sure we'll do this again down the line. Yeah. I'm excited for you. All right, you guys. Peace out. Vegas, here we come. <laughs> Told you guys. I mean, how dope is Michelle and her story? If you don't feel inspired right now, I don't know what's going to make you feel inspired. Because I'm inspired just reliving it to share it with you guys. It was so good. Man. All right. So if you guys love this episode, please share it with your people. Screen grab this. Throw it up on your Instagram stories. Tag Michelle, tag me. She's at Karate Hottie MMA. Obviously, you need to follow her, and I probably didn't even need to tell you that because you're already doing it. Um, and tag me, Black Belt Beauty or Roxy Look, R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. Let me know your thoughts. I love hearing from you guys. And if you really want to support this podcast, you can do so by leaving a rating and review via iTunes. It really, really helps the visibility um, of this podcast. So I'm super grateful for all of you who have and will do Thank you so much for spending your time here and taking in this amazing conversation and story of Michelle. And I'm always, always looking forward to the next one. Lots of love, you guys. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you loved it, please share it on your social. Throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look, R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired, 
to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And last but not least, if you are interested in starting your own podcast, or perhaps you already have one and you need help with you know editing your audio and the production of it, I cannot recommend my producers enough. Resonate Recordings, you guys, they are the bomb. I rely on them. They are an absolute supportive tool to me and my podcast. So check them out and let them know that Black Belt Beauty sent you. And on that note, you guys, I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next.